Voice Memos podcast with Jen and Myron. Hey, welcome to Voice Memos. I am Myron Clifton and my co-host is Jennifer. So Jennifer is a wonderful lady. She's originally from Wisconsin, now in California, flaming redhead with a beautiful big old dog named Mojito that I call Beast. She's a great sister, daughter, and a great friend. And uh, she is my co-host. Hey, Jennifer. Hello, hello. So nice that we're recording this because I get to save this and hear this over and over again, the compliments that you gave me. So I lied. <laughs> this is my friend and probably my bestest friend. I've known Myron over 20 years. He is a published author. He is an amazing writer, highly intelligent. And one thing that I can really tell you about him that stands out is how he raises his daughter, Leah. I think um, you made it five minutes before we were supposed to start. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> so I'm so blessed and honored. It's just have, it's <laughs> have we? And you know, I'm sure by now people are just fast forwarding through our introduction, but um, we still haven't changed that. We haven't, and so you know what we should do because I was talking to our our network director of uh, I don't know what they're talking. I just say director of spirit. How about that? Okay. And they they told me. Um, so like after we finish this show and we we end the recording, we just start another recording and do an intro and then we just I'll just send the whole package to them. Uh, OK, I love it. We can do that. Yeah, because because we do. We need to update our intro. We can make it shorter. I mean, you know, you know, just something very brief and just be done. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, mine was good. Yours was I mean, yours. Yours is the one that needs more. <laughs> Mine was a script, and, and I think that's the problem. I didn't really know my lines. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have an earpiece in there trying to help you along or anything? <laughs> I was thinking that, but I, I saw a little clip of um, Harrison Ford on uh, the Colbert show, and I guess Harrison Ford has a a new TV show he's on. Yes. On yes. And, yes, and so I was thinking, you know, Harrison Ford is 80 years old. And and he looks great. He sounds, you know, he's Harrison Ford. He still looks and sounds like Harrison Ford. He has a really good hair job. You know, he looks he looks good. And I was thinking, you know, episodic TV, you have a lot of lines. Yeah. And at 80 years old, he's still doing those lines. They got to be feeding him lines by this time. They have to because, you know, I so the call, the show that he's on is called Shrinking and it's on Apple TV and it's good. It's good. It's so good. You know, Apple TV does something smart. They give you three episodes because they want you to be hooked, right? Mm. So now if if you just watch one, you might forget about it. Right? You know, if they give you just one episode, you mm. go through the week and you're like, oh, I, I forgot that there's two other episodes or you're not interested. But man, do they hook you with those three? And I am telling you, I laughed out loud. Oh. I, it's it's really good. So the, the concept is a gentleman... Jason, his last name starts with an S, Harrison Ford. And then there's this um, other woman. Oh, my God. 
I've never seen her before. So that's why I can't remember her name. Okay. They're, they're therapists and his wife has died. Uh, Jason, whatever his name is, his wife has died right. and he's a therapist and he just goes a little bit AWOL with out of the box ways of helping his patients. And each he's got stories there's the storylines are each of the patients of course and then his own struggle with trying to build his relationship with his daughter and Harrison Ford I think owns the practice that they work from um uh, I'm telling you it's so good I know we usually talk about tv shows at the end but because uh, you mentioned uh, Harrison Ford yeah it's it's really good one 10 out of 10 really yep okay okay so I'm okay I'm, I'm definitely I was planning on watching it anyway but I'm definitely going to watch that because I like Harrison Ford. And I think that guy is Jason Siegel or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Is that funny yes. looking like face guy? Yeah, yes. That guy. Okay. I haven't um, been a fan of his before, um, but I I thought, you know what? Apple TV has come has been coming out with a lot of good shows, you know, C, uh, Servant, um, Ted Lasso, How, Truth Be Told. I mean, the list goes on with, you know, severance. Yeah. And so I thought, you know what? And they have another one called Loving Edward or something similar to that, something with Edward in the name. I'm not sure mm. if I'm going to give that one a shot, but um, mm. I thought I'm going to give this one a shot. It looked kind of funny and witty, and it definitely is. So I'm going to look at, I'm going to watch that. And, you know, I, there's an Apple show I need to watch. I think it's the final season, either three or four. And it's from the earth to the moon. Oh, no, no, it's called from all, For All Mankind or something like that. Oh, and it's a it's a reimagining of the space race in the '60s, and it incorporates um, just different people, and it it just it re it just changes the story. Like the Russians got to the moon first, oh, and so right. and then you're right. So then you're in you're at the series is set in NASA, and NASA. And the um, the engineers, the people, you know, these main characters are trying to figure out at the president's request, you know, we got to get there. And so you go through, you know, them trying to get to the moon and it just it changes it around somewhat. And then the problems have they're having and stuff like that. But it's it's very creative and it's really well done. And so I watched the first couple of seasons and. It's a drama and it's and it's set in the 60s. So it's like it's sort of cool because that, you know, the 60s cars and hair and yeah. stuff, you know. And then a lot of the, yeah, you get some of the social issues around race and gender and homosexuality that, you know, that that we know about. And so they they plant it in this story with these characters. And then they even have some of the anyway, some of the real stories that were happening, but also a lot of reimagined stories. So I'm gonna watch that. So yes, yeah, so to your point, Apple has good quality. Uh, series yeah and the the actress name i looked it up too is jessica williams she's a, a an oh. actress and a comedian she was on she was a correspondent on the daily show and uh she had she was a co-host of the podcast two dope queens um, and oh. i think she was lally hicks in fantastic beasts oh um, wow oh yeah. her. yes yes she I know, is I, I know she is yeah she's epic in it she's so good she's so good and you know apple tv is not doing that bullshit like netflix tried to do you know netflix came out with this whole oh you have 31 days to log into your account and if you don't you're going to be locked out of it and you can't travel with it um, oh and you know 
the internet showed people people showed up and you know i think netflix just announced something a couple of days ago that it was a mistake that they came out with that blah, 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 blah. So, they tried. So <laughs> yeah i would have left netflix i think i would have because you know what i would find some of that shit elsewhere like hulu would have picked it up yeah. or yeah peacock yeah you know at netflix is doing that thing i don't you know i, I can't quantify it but there's just a certain percentage of companies that start off as really loved companies and through their terrible CEOs and their terrible, you know, leadership team, they turn into just a company that's hated. And that's not, that's Netflix. Like people love Netflix at first, even when they were just sending out DVDs to people. And then, you know, then they turn into like the, the streaming Netflix and then people sharing those logins and stuff and it just it just netflix just grew and then you know those last couple of years are like uh you know we'll give you one season we're gonna cancel it we're gonna you know we're not gonna renew this and then now yeah they're gonna stop people from sharing passwords and stuff it's like you know people hate you it's that quick they just hate you now <laughs> yeah, <what else laughs> yeah read hastings that's a, that's the a know-it-all ceo guy it's the same thing that happened with like uber was one people loved uber at first and then that CEO was just turned into a big jerk. And then, you know how the, you know, it was just turned into bad service and people just start hating it. Like AT&T or oil companies. It just. Capitalism. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Capitalism and bad leadership, man. They just ruin things. Bad Ooh. leadership. You're 100% right. They think they're so far removed from what is happening to the with the customer those interactions they're so far removed that they think that they know everything and they don't touch they don't go down to the people doing the hard job which are the folks hey. that answer the calls that are directly interfacing with customers those are the ones that are the most valuable that you can ga gain most of your knowledge from and they get so far removed from that they forget about that they do you know what i saw this i think it was on Someone sent it to me and I think it was on Reddit and I never go to Reddit. Like, you know, there are Reddit people and they're like very devoted to Reddit. Like there are people very devoted to YouTube. I'm neither of those people, right? I'm neither of those. And so I have a friend who send me Reddit stuff all the time. And I have another friend who sends me YouTube stuff all the time. And the YouTube stuff is like 40 minute video. I'm like, dude, no. I'm not watching a nope. 40 minute YouTube video, right? No. I'm a phone. <laughs> Right, but usually the Reddit stuff is just like a clip, like a TikTok or something. But anyway, and it was, it didn't have the company name, but the CEO sends a message to the employees saying, hey, I'm sending this because it's very important to me and I know it's important to you. And it was a message about an employee who was sick and it was like a 17 or 20 year employee of this company. And the CEO is saying how they have used all their PTO time and all their time and they're still sick. And so we're going to rally around them. And where you think the letter is going to go, where the CEO is saying, we're going to just, you know, give them extra health care. It didn't say that. CEO then said, I'm sitting this because I, I'm asking everyone to donate a day's PTO to this person. Oh, my God. Right. They're asking the employees to give up PTO. It's from the CEO. Like oh. that lousy, cheap, you know, they could have just said, we're going to give them health care because they're a 17-year employee. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Sir, that, I mean. I would have gotten fired. My yeah. response, if I was an employee there, my response back to that 
McScrooge McDuck CEO would have gotten me fired. <laughs> Damn. That's incredible when you think about that. that this guy's right? probably making millions of dollars. He could just say, take the time. We got you covered. Yes. But instead, yes. he goes to the people that already make way less than he does asking yes. for their help. Yes. Yes. Like you give up some of your earned time because I'm not going to allow my company to spend one more penny on this employee that I tell you has devoted 17 years of their lives to me. Wow. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I was, uh, you know, you, you were talking about last week, I think spoutable and you were saying that, um, you know, I'm fancy. I got all the, you know, I've eaten, I'm part of the trial and I'm doing air quotes. Nobody can see me, mm -hmm, but mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. uh, the air. So I get a spot spoutable. I go to try to log in. It was supposed to be on the sixth to create an account. Now it's the ninth, but um, also got a message from you um, that you got verified on fucking Twitter. And I've asked you 16,000 times how you do that. And you haven't responded to any of those messages. I, I, I'm like, I'm like Beyonce. Like, <laughs> are you gonna wear a glitter cowboy hat next <laughs> fucking mirror ball no but like my, my partner alien was telling me about beyonce and how how like I, I don't really follow music this closely but beyonce has this album out that she put out this year called renaissance and like you know like beyonce it's supposed to be like a fantastic album but unlike most big time singers and artists and that kind of stuff she doesn't even do marketing. Like there was no pre-announcement that a, that an album was coming out, like nothing. It was just, here's an album by Beyonce. Like that's it. <laughs> and the, and then she will, she, I don't know if she did it for this album, but, but I know she has done it in the past, but anyway, partner, she will before out of nowhere, delete everything on her social media, every picture, every, everything. And then just start over with her new project. I didn't just know no, that. no announcement. Yes, like just the, like she just does her own thing. And then I was like, what about this tour? She, yeah, so she drops this album out of nowhere and then says, oh, here's all her tour dates. She's going on tour. Like, no, there's no marketing. And I was like, is that just because she's just, that's just her mystique or aura? And he goes, and she was like, yeah. And she, you know, and she's big. She's just that one word name. She's just Beyonce. And so she doesn't do it like anybody else it's just Beyonce like that's it and I was like you know I, I sort of appreciate that like so I'm not verified on Twitter but I'm verified on Spoutable so so I was beta testing this new um social media platform and it's it's huge and um uh, Christopher Boozy is a guy who started he's a black guy he was like you know what I'm gonna start my own because Twitter is a cesspool of hate and ugliness, although yes. you can curate your Twitter to be very nice. But then Elon Musk started doing something. He forces hate and extra conservative stuff into everybody's timeline. He, he forces you to see it. Even if you block like Marjorie Taylor Greene, that crazy lady, even if you block her, he'll still put that stuff in your timeline. And you have to anyway. So this other guy said he'll create his own. So, so because I have this magazine, he had put out a call for journalists to test it before he releases it to the public and write about it, good, bad, or indifferent. And I waited for a while and I thought, you know, I'm going to, 
approach him. So I approached him and said, I, I'm going to write about it. And, and he was like, great, I was going to ask you anyway, because I was a follower of his. This is on Twitter. So then, I, you know, I tested it out and I wrote about it on my Medium blog. And I'm going to put it in my magazine for this month as well. But, and it got great traction. Like, I think last time I checked, there was over 3,000 hits on that article and all this kind of yeah. stuff. And then I didn't say anything to him. I waited. I waited. I tested for about two weeks. And testing was just, he had, I don't know, like a thousand people using the service and just using it as if it were live, but we're just testing. So we're just following each other, this kind of deal. And then there was a little, on the, on your profile, there was a little application you can apply to be verified. And I thought, you know, I'm going to do this. I've never done it before on any social media platform. And then, and then it asks you like, why, like, why? And then like, what do you have? And I just, you know, all my books with great reviews, my magazine, my blog. And then just, I'm just, just regular guy, you know, just a regular guy, you know, older opinion. Man, about a week later, they were like, yeah, we, we, we see the value of that verified. So like I told my daughter, I will not be taking questions at this time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought you were saying you got verified on Twitter, but people can pay to get verified on Twitter for like eight bucks, right? You can. Yeah. Yeah. Twitter has tiers. So you have like corporations, like say um, a news station or New York Times or something like that. They get it at, but now there's a fee. There didn't used to be a fee, but Elon Musk put a fee in. And then you have people like he calls legacy verified. So say like Beyonce, she doesn't have Twitter, but she did. She'd be verified. And then you could just be so, I don't want to criticize people, but like you just think you're important but you're not really, but you're willing to pay for that fact. And you could pay him, I think it's either eight, eight, up to eight or $16 a month, and he'll give you a blue check mark. And so what does that, what, what does being verified do for you? It does nothing. It makes it seem like you're important. Like, you know, oh. athletes, entertainers, politicians, you know, major news and magazines and stuff. Like those are verified across all these different platforms. And then if you're on certain like TikTok is an easy one because you could be an influencer with a lot of followers and they will verify you because they say you you have influence and they'll verify you. Or um, again, athletes, famous people, stuff like that. But Twitter, because Elon Musk needed money because he started pushing so much white supremacy and Nazism that advertisers left by the thousands. So, so Twitter revenue just got cut off. And that was... 80% of their money came from advertisers. Well, advertisers left because you don't want, this is true, whether advertisers don't care about um, social issues unless it's negative because you don't want your ad to run under a Nazi spouting Nazism mm -hmm. and anti-Semitism. Your yes. ad is right there, right? And companies don't want that. So they left the platform. So his response to that was, well, then you know what? I will... I will let anybody be verified as long as they pay us money. You see, you try to make that up. But just today, I know it was yesterday, they just announced they only have, they have fewer than 200,000 people who pay, who pay for service. And when you lose hundreds of millions in, in ad revenue, uh, it's like, it was like 180,000, 190,000 people paying $5 a month gets nowhere near those numbers. Like it's nothing. It's, it's, it's a huge failure. And so he tried to add on features like you can 
Twitter, you have like, I think a 240 character limit. So he's saying, well, if you pay for verification, I'll give you a 4,000 character limit and you'll be able to edit what you send and stuff like that. But it didn't, it, it's, it's just a massive failure. But, you know, speaking of bad leaders, he's one. He comes into a, he buys a company because he's upset that he's being mocked on this social media platform. He buys the company. He fires most of the staff. He fires all the moderation staff that um, stops anti-Semitism, racism, misogyny, you know, hate. He, he fires that whole, all of them. And then he reinstates accounts that have been suspended, like just hateful, hateful, awful accounts. He reinstates those accounts. He changes the algorithm to force that stuff onto people's um, timelines advertisers leave and then um no one's paying not enough people are paying for the privilege of being you know yelled at and screamed at and and stuff like that like i have reported i i, I don't i no longer report that people call me the n-word at all because his team says we don't find that offensive and that's wow. it they don't find it offensive like it, it's okay and so and so he's that typical person that there was a Twitter that people loved. And then even if they didn't like that guy that started it, Jack, because he was a pompous um, ayahuasca yoga jerk, but he also wasn't pushing white supremacy and Nazism like Elon Musk is. So Elon Musk has made it so much worse. It is a cesspool. So the guy, Chris Ravuzzi was like, yeah, you know what? I'm getting out of there. And he put up he put up something that said, "Look, if you are in the LGBTI plus community, you don't have to put up with this hate, right? Come to our site. All that stuff's going to be blocked. And if people harass you, we're going to suspend them, and they're not coming back. And it's going to be safe from you know Nazism, white supremacy, and just just hate. You know that stuff that pops up online, and we won't have a tolerance for it. And he he uses his his bots, and I know it's a it's a program." Um, an algorithm that finds it could determine if a person, if an account is real versus a computer. And it can, even if it's a person, it could determine if that account is just there being problematic, meaning pushing hatred and just trolling people, stalking accounts, and it gives it a rating. And so like golf, the lower your rating, the more normal you are. You're just engaging. You you can disagree but you're not calling people names and, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, and if your rating goes high, he just suspends you. Like you, you're not welcome. So it's a very welcoming community. And so I beta tested it. He got me, got me verified. I, I, I'm slowly migrating away from Twitter and it releases, it was going to release Monday, like you said, and now it releases tomorrow and it's not perfect, but it looks very similar to Twitter, but there's a lot of features that are better. Like you can edit after you spout, you don't tweet there, you spout stuff there and you can edit and you can, instead of posting, when you, when you, when you post a message, Twitter gives you a limit of four photos Well, this one gives you 10. So you can tell a better story. And then there's a lot of other features you can block who's following you for all these different reasons. And so, yeah, it's a lot better. So anyway, it goes live tomorrow. It goes live tomorrow. Okay, yeah, tomorrow's the ninth. Okay, got yeah. it. So I'll try to I'll try to get on there and remember. I'm sure you'll remind me tomorrow. But I, 
let's see what happens. I mean, I, I'm, I didn't get on Twitter cause it's just way too confusing. So, and then I thought you said you were verified. I was like, how does bitch get verified on Twitter? But, um, you didn't pay for that, but you're, you're verified on spoutable. Um, yes. I ain't paying for nothing. <laughs> well, I know. Did you, sir, we didn't mention devastation in Syria and Turkey. I, I think the last update I saw was 15,000 people have perished. I, you know what? And I just, I, I can't, you know, be, you know, you and I, we're in California and I, and I have felt, I think the largest earthquake I felt was that 1989 earthquake, which was, I want to say seven, two, six, eight, something like that. But they said that one that borders Turkey and Syria was 7.8. Jesus fucking. And crazy. the, and the aftershock. So, you know, there's always a ton of those and those aftershocks were, six over six that is I, and yeah the num- the number of dead it's every time i check it's gone up another thousand people it's incredible and all the buildings i think i i feel like it was like ten thousand buildings or something that are destroyed i don't have the exact numbers but you know you're just going on with your day and then some of the videos that i'm seeing of people capturing the, the movement or the earthquake on video is so freaking scary. And there was even a video that gave me goosebumps. It was a dog. And, wow. you know, they always say that dogs can predict things and, and feel things that a dog was howling in the streets, um, just standing there howling minutes before the earthquake. Wow. I believe that. Yeah, the animals, they, right. They, they have a different sensitivity to things. huh? Yep. They sure do. You can feel the vibrations, you know, just the, smell sound feel they they are just so in more in tune and he was howling it, it was probably it wasn't probably minutes but it was the it was within the hour or two hours or something the dog was just this unbelievable howling that you don't normally hear from a dog trying to notify people that something wrong was happening that that's so scary that gave and, me goosebumps right and, and there's still you know like any massive earthquake or any massive um Thing like that they're still trying to find people alive buried under the rubble oh right God. i saw i think it was on i forget which news site i saw today they found it, some kids and the little girl was protecting her little i think it was a little brother might have been a little sister but anyway she was protecting they were just in between some you know some rubble and she was protecting his head from you know the this block of cement that's about to fall on them but they survived they just like survived under there for a couple of days just right just crazy just i feel so bad for those people i feel so bad and you know you you think about i mean devastation mother nature has a way of just being relentless um you know it's sad because it's something that you can't really control so you feel you also feel helpless you know, like, God damn, I, could we have prevented this? No, you can't prevent um, Mother Nature right. coming. But, you know, right. we we live close. I mean, I don't think we're close to a, a, a fault line, but I I remember feeling a couple here. And just that even little bit of movement, you just sort of start to freak out. Yeah, you know, it, it's interesting because, like, we just had those big storms out here, right? So I have a... Um, my home has just a frame on this two giant steeples or something. I don't know what these things are called, but I, and I had storm damage and my 
tiles or shingle type things, like 50 of them fell off or got dislodged. Like maybe 20 fell off and another 20 or 30 or like dislodged. It was all because of the wind. And they face uh, north. And that roof had been up there more than 30 years. And it's an aluminum roof. And and I was trying to get roofers out here for the, for the past few weeks. But because there were so many homes that had trees fall into them and, and worse than what I had, I was just low priority. But I finally got someone out here today. And he was like, oh, yeah, you know, they don't even make that type of roof anymore because it's aluminum or something. He goes, you need a whole new roof. I'm like, oh, my God. Wow. Like, a whole new roof. And so, yeah, but like you were saying, you know, you have these storms, you have Mother Nature, you have fires, earthquakes, floods, mudslides, and this stuff is everywhere. And we are really helpless. You're really helpless against that. There was literally nothing I could do. It was just oh. raining for a month. It was windy. And boom, there goes my roof. Yep. And now you're twelve dollars to $17,000 later, you're paying for that. But I mean, when you think about, yeah, again, you had no control over that. You couldn't prepare for that. You couldn't, I mean, it, it's just interesting when you see the suffering and that what happens over there. And then, you know, you think about the stuff that we can control that we don't, you know, gun laws and police brutality. And, you know, we can't control, we, we, we seem to have lost control of everything. <laughs> Like no one's taking any control, but I will say Biden, I didn't get to see all of it, but his um, state of the union, he talked, he, you know, he, he's talking and you probably can summarize it better than I can. But I think the gist of what I got from it is that he's like, our house is not in order and we need to get fucking on the same page. That's interesting, huh? Like that's, that's, it, it, it was, it was a good speech. And I was, um, I'm sorry, because my daughter just asked me about this speech because she watched it, but she didn't fully pay attention, but she was watching it as part of a government class she has to take. And so she was using me as a crib now. So daddy, what did he talk about? You know, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. You know, you know, you know what? As a little sidebar, the worst part about having kids is they have to go to high school. <laughs> And do all and that you, stupid homework. Yeah, oh my God. High school, <laughs> yeah, high school is such look, oh, I don't want to get the, I, I don't want to get the teacher lobby all mad at me, but good God, American high school is just the absolute worst. You know, <laughs> you say that. I'll come back to it because I you know, we can come back because then we're gonna talk about but I was talking to my nail lady who is from Vietnam. She's been in she's been in the United States for some time and she's trying to get her brother here and it's taking a long time to get a, you know to get citizenship to get a visa and all that stuff quite a few years and I said I asked her I said what's the main reason like what why why America I mean as an American I'm like get me to fucking Vietnam um she said the school system like the schools in Vietnam you have to pay to go and only rich people wow. can afford to go to school wow so it's free wow. here uh, and you know what? Not only is it free here, but our public schools are underfunded. Like we know that. We know that as a nation by, by hundreds of billions of dollars. Meaning, like, what does that mean? It means that if you look at the students in the class, look at the classrooms, and you look at the money that should be allocated for books, supplies, teacher pay, most public schools do not get the money they need. Like they don't, they just don't get the money they need. And so that's a whole other thing. But 
Um, I don't, we were talking about. I was going to tell you something else. I, now, yeah, it was that. about the cliff notes from the from the oh, State of the Union. Yes. So typically in the State of the Union, and, and President Biden did this yesterday. The first part of the speech is really talking about the success that the administration had over the first two years. Right. So imagine like you give you're giving a presentation to your president or your director or somebody about your performance over the past couple of years. First thing you want to start saying is, here's what we accomplished. And so you start off with that. And so he talked about the infrastructure bill that's all these billions of dollars going all over the country for roads, bridges, you know, highways, light rail, all that stuff that's like it's, it's happening right now. And then how many jobs that equates to you saw that kind of good news like that. And then the work, um, the legislation they passed to cap the prices of insulin and uh, prescription drugs for people on Medicare and the, the work to drive down gas prices, how many jobs, like it's like a more jobs than any administration ever. And how, how unemployment went from over 10 to under five. And so you, you just did like the top 10 of all these great things that happen. And then like, the, that's like the first 25 minutes, 30 minutes. And then the next is, the next part is talking, recognizing people. Um, they're supposed to be just regular everyday Americans, right? And Cause you want to connect people, people watching with normal people. So he recognized the guy who disarmed that mass shooter down in Southern California. Oh, remember the, it was an older Asian man doing the shooting and a younger Asian man disarmed him. Yes. So he was there. And so he stood up, you know, people applaud like this kind of stuff. You talk about, you use that as a talking point to talk about, you know, better control of, you know, weapons of mass destruction and better mental health stuff, this kind of stuff. And then, he had he had invited the 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 mother and stepfather of Tyree Nichols, the, oh. the young guy, and he was killed by the Memphis cops. They were there, what? and so he had yeah he had them stand up, and then they got a standing ovation. And everybody, not Republicans and Democrats, stood up, and he talked about how no one like this should not happen to anyone ever that that you should not be afraid of the police, and police should not arbitrarily kill someone on the street and how um and this is just the president talking it's not a policy or anything but it's like we have to do better and everything and then presidents have to straddle the line so so he can't say that without then saying yes we need better training and mental health counseling for police and you need better um uh, better community relations and things. So he balanced it. You have to balance that out. So we did that. And then, so a couple more guests like that for things. And then the next part is you try to lay out, the presidents will try to lay out what they want to do over the next two years. And this is usually the part of the speech is that one, that the people that support the president giving a speech will like generally, and people that do not support the president will not like. So whether that president is, is Democrat or Republican, you get a response based on that. So this president will lay out, okay, for the next two years, here's, here's what I want to do. He said he wants to, um, he wants corporations to pay taxes. So the top 110 corporations or whatever he said, 
paid no taxes, even though they had over a hundred billion dollars in profits. So we want them to pay, you know, 15% in taxes. I think that was the number, 15%. And then he talked about, and we want millionaires and billionaires to pay a higher share of taxes. They shouldn't have a lower tax load than you and I. And right now those fuckers do. And he said, and so he wants to tax them and not tax anyone no additional taxes for anyone making less than $400,000. And I'm like, hey, that's us. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then he talked about supporting Ukraine and he talked about um, um, doing more with prescription drugs, doing more with um, domestic oil production, doing more with, um, um, oh, he said, uh, installing electric vehicles something like 5,000 electric vehicle charging stations around the nation and um, that he would not do anything that would cut benefits to social security or Medicare. Um, and so then that's where you get contention, like Republicans, you know, they don't want to tax the wealthy. They don't want to tax corporations. They want to cut Medicare and social security. And so those things as I was telling my kid, the president can't do unilaterally. What he's saying is, I want, I want Congress to write a bill and I want them to pass it. I want them to get it to the Senate. I want them to pass it. I want them to get it to my desk because I will sign it. So that's what he's saying. I want, here's what I, he's saying, this were my priorities for the next two years. So in saying that, he's telling members of the House of Representatives and the Senate, you need to get the work to this and get it to my desk. And that's where all the fighting and bickering will come. And really, even though it's over the next two years, it's not. It's really over the next year because that last year in office, the president, any president, they're really running for office for the next time. Yeah. Right. If it's their first term, their second term, they're not. And so the opposition party, in this case, Republicans, they want to harm and damage that president as much as they can heading into the elections so that the president and his party, in this case, Democrats, are dragged down. So that's why our system of government, we have change that comes so slowly because you're only in office four years and you hope that you have a Congress that supports you and a Senate that supports you. And if they do not, it's gonna be hard to get anything done in those first couple of years. And you gotta make a lot of concessions to get things done. And then in that last year, the opposition party is like, we're not doing nothing because we want you to look as bad as possible. We want inflation to go up. We want gas to go up, food to go up. We want things to break down so people go, these people are awful and they'll elect us. So that, that fourth year, and, and to me, that's a really awful way to run, to run the country, but this is what we got. Ugh. Yeah, so that's sort of a like a long-winded recap of like that that's that that our uh, state of the union address and that that address is actually mandated in congress that every year the president has to report to congress on what we call the state of the union and since we have um when 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 radio was invented they started doing it on the radio so the american public could hear then when tv is invented they started doing it on tv and so it, it just became uh, an event but the idea is that because you have three branches of government, you have the executive branch, the president, then tells the legislative branch, uh, the Congress, what's happening. And then you also have the um, 
judicial branch there, the Supreme Court. So you see them all there at the same time, just once a year. Man, I mean, you got a lot. I'm, I didn't hear the whole thing. And all I kept all I kept thinking, it was he was saying to I mean, because Republicans and Democrats seem to be fighting across the board because I it was almost like clean your shit up and and play nice together, kids, because we have some work to do for the American yes. people. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very basic because because you know what? And this is what this is where Joe Biden is really good. And President Obama was like this, too. Like, you know, we don't have to resolve all our differences, but there's some basic things we can agree on, right? There's some basic things like we know um, people need food, right? So let's make food affordable. We know that people need um, uh, affordable gas and oil for, you know, people that use gas um, back east for their heating. And we know people need um, shelter. We know our schools need food. We know our roads need to be you know, strong and or build, rebuild and repaired. Like there's some, and we know we need to take care of seniors. We know that people should be able to afford pharmaceuticals. Like there's some very basic things that whatever your belief in politics or on the spectrum of politics or even your religious beliefs, there's some basic things you go, well, yeah, I, I can agree with this. And, and, and look, President Biden is 80 years old and that guy was in the Senate for, you know, longer than we've been alive. So, you know, and and quite honestly, any white man his age, he has dealt with a lot of white men. Yeah. Right. Friends and enemies. And, you know, you know, they can be enemies. And then the next day they're smoking cigars and golfing together. <laughs> so those guys, they know each other, even though they go on TV and yell and scream at each other. They know each other. And so that's why people are saying he, that's why some of the detractors when he said, look, if I'm president. I can talk to these guys and get things done. And people are like, you can't do it. And you know what? That old coot was right. He could. Like, he was able to get things done. And, you know, that's one of those things. You see this in corporate America, that, that they can hire someone to do your job that is, say, 25. And it's not that they couldn't do the technical aspects of the job, but they don't have your experience in working with all the other departments and vendors on leading the team, working with all the other people in other departments, you know, just all that experience that come with how to get things done and keep things moving that when I was 25, I didn't know how to do. Yep. Right? It, does, it matters. Like, experience matters. And thought I, it's not that I thought he was too old when he ran, because I just, I just wanted a woman to be president. But, you know... Dark Brandon, as they called him, that guy's been, that guy has gotten a lot done, and he's called people out. You know, he shows receipts. I think that's he what does. I, <laughs> I think that's what I am most appreciative of. Like here, especially all when it came to student loan forgiveness, he showed receipts of Marjorie Taylor Fucknut, and you know, saying this shouldn't happen, but here she's got a five hundred thousand pp. PPP loan that she got to default on and not have to pay back. Right, it's like, right. he showed those receipts. Right. He's, he had about 20 of them. He said, all these people talking about, um, they don't want your student loans forgiven. Let me see. Here's, here's a loan. They got forgiven. He went down the list. He had a CV. It was a CVS receipt. <laughs> <laughs> and he did it with a smirk on his face with that bald head of his. 
See, that's the kind of person I need in office. That's the that's the right. person I want to pay. I put on my payroll because I do. That I mean, they're public servants. I think people forget right. getting into getting into office and and the government is a public service. Like you're you're right. jo- I, I am your customer, meaning you need to listen to what I need, what I you know what I'm struggling with, and you need to make the laws and changes to make my life better. Yeah, and you know, there's something else to be said. For someone in a job who doesn't give a damn about ruffling feathers, you know, th- that was him. He was like, I'm going to show the receipts. They're right here. I'm going to smirk at it because he has no fear of these people, right? He has no fear because look, he, look, this guy's been through all these wars with, you know, he goes back to like Bush one, uh, Nixon, Ford, Carter, Reagan, Trump, Bush two. This guy has no fear. He's like, I've dealt with all you people all these years. And I like that where he says, you know what? I'm going to do what's best for American people. And, you know, if you're mad about it, then I, I got nothing for you. That's just too bad. You're going to be mad about it. Then reassess being in government. I mean, right? Right. Marjorie Taylor Greene said something about, oh, my God, it's this is hard work. Bitch. Oh. Yes, of course it is. I mean, the, the shit for, that look. People- Right for $174,000 a year and lifetime health care. She, they are, anyone complaining about their job to shut up, but it should be hard work. They should be making, I think I saw somebody say that the people in office should be making what the average minimum wage is. So if your average minimum wage in your state is $12 an hour, that's what you should be making as a public servant in government in that state. Because damn well, I bet you that, I bet you, Dollars to donuts, whatever, you know, we know somebody that used to say that he used to, I don't even know what yeah. the fuck that means, but I, I bet you dollars to donuts that, um, that they wouldn't either sign up for public office and, or they would try to raise the state income to the state, um, minimum wage. Right. Right. And yeah, I, I'm just like, you know, just, it, it's easier to be a public servant than to just try to harm people. Like, why would you be an officer? And that lady last night, okay, last year when President Biden did the um, State of the Union address, while he was talking about his his son, Bo, who had, had died of cancer and who was, a, who was a veteran, while he was talking, he was literally talking about him, that Marjorie Taylor Greene lady heckled him at that moment. Oh, my God. And then last night when he was talking about how Republicans want to cut Social Security and Medicare, she stood up and screamed, you're a liar. <laughs> she stood up and screamed. Oh, my God. They have right, receipts that, of that, of, of Republicans saying that they're going to, they're working to get Social Security right, out. Right. He did, he did like um, debaters do. He was like, I, I could tell you who... I have the, I have all the paperwork on my desk, everything. And she kept heckling him. And it was another guy, I think from Ohio, heckled him. And President Biden, that guy, you know, just I'm telling you, his age worked in his favor. He just said, like a like a like a debater, he said, So what I'm hearing is we all agree we're not gonna test Social Security in and Medicare. Good. We're all in agreement. I'm glad everybody agreed to that. <laughs> it's, like they, it's like they fell into a trap. So now, even and you know what? There's tons of news interviews and 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 uh, video of them giving speeches talking about cutting 
Social Security and Medicare. Like, that's nothing to lie about. And and all that stuff circulated today. Like, here they are. Here's this person saying they do, they didn't do that. And here they are on tape, you know, talking to people, saying that that's what they want to do. But he put them in a the corner. They, they booed him and said all this stuff. He's okay. We're all in agreement. We're not going to cut it. So they can't even put that kind of stuff forth. And you know what? My thing about, there's a whole other sidebar. I don't know why they always go out to Social Security. Like, yeah. right? I mean, I, I told my daughter this. Every check you get for your entire life, you are, they're taking money for Social Security. For me, but, I'm paying into it. I'm paying into my retirement. Right. That is your money. Like that money comes out of your check. You know, and you have no choice. It comes out and it is set aside for you so that when you retire, you have a steady um, income. And the reason that was put in place over 100 years ago is because people were having to work until they literally died because they had no savings and they were working in factories and just whatever. And I forget the president at credit that I said, no, we need to build a national savings plan, retirement plan for people. That's Social Security. And that is, it's not even government money. It's like the government is just saving it for us. And I don't know why Republicans, for my entire life, they, they say it's an entitlement as if it's welfare. And it's like, wait a minute, that money comes out. That is my, like you said, that's mine. I, we pay into that's my money. that. Like, yes. I don't understand. I don't understand how sometimes on the floor they also have that they want to have a 30% tax on everything. So just a blanket 30% tax. That's sick, huh? I mean, how, how, like, so if you buy something right now that's $100, Republicans will say that I think it's been on the floor a couple of times. I don't think it'll ever get passed, but 30, you want a 30% tax. And that means that hundred dollar item is now $130. Right. That How makes no sense. How can people survive? What is the, what's the rational thinking about I don't remember in all my years being on this planet aware. So let's just say maybe not in my teens and of course my early twenties, but that I, I don't ever remember the Republican and democratic party just the Republicans being so vile. Like, I don't remember ever seeing a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a, a Santos, people banning books. Right. I, I don't, I, I, it, I don't it's not, it, it hasn't, as long as I've been following politics since the 80s, um, and then as a, well, I, I wasn't intellectually intelligent enough to know in the 70s when I was reading about it, but I was getting it, but I've never seen it like this. And some people say, well, Donald Trump took it down to another level, but I think it's been slowly getting there even before him. Because as you recall, when President Obama was elected, they were hanging him in effigy and calling him names when he was visiting towns and stuff mm. and calling Michelle Obama all kinds of names. And that was 2008 when he, so 2007 when he ran and 2008 when he got elected. And then um, if you think after 9-11, the attacks on Muslims and stuff. But then if you go, I mean, you can just keep going back. I, I don't know, but it just seems right now, so particularly vile type of um, Republicans who are the loudest. And so some people say, well, not all Republicans are like that. And I get that, but you know what the leaders are? The ones that are on, on TV all day. So Marjorie, Boebert, that Santos guy, um, some of the worst, most vile people are the ones who are leading that party and they're still taking orders from 
from Donald Trump, they still call him President Trump. Um, and not as a, as, a, as a warm honorific. Like if I, saw, if I saw Barack Obama, I might say, hey, President Obama, you know, as a, like that. Yes. But if I, re, if I talk to him on the, about him, on the, if I'm on the news, I'm going to say former president, yes. right? That's, that's the right way to say it. These people in office, in office are saying, calling him pres- president, saying he's my president. And, you know, you swear oath to the constitution to uphold the laws and defend the country and blah, 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 and this kind of stuff as an elected official. And you got, a, you got a party that they just, they don't believe in any of that anymore. I mean, they supported the people who tried to overthrow the government. I mean, if you, if you just use that as your baseline and go, wait a minute, these people win There's no justification for that. There's, there's, no, ju- there's no justification. There's just none, right? No, and it's what I said to you. Mm-hmm. It's what I said to you about defunding the police or like when people say there's no bad police, there's, there's good police officers. And I said, until those police officers rest the shitty ones, they're all bad. And that to me, as a, as a Republican, if I was a really true, like true person to being a Republican and know that I'm doing it for the people and it's on the beliefs of the Republican system, then I would have to stand up against the nonsense. Of yes. like, but nobody's doing that. Nobody's doing that. And so um, the, 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 the famous phrase, and I think it comes from Jewish people in the Holocaust, I think, I'm not certain, but I think it does. It is silence is complicity. Yes. That's what it is. And so if, if you're a so-called good Republican, then why aren't you standing up against these people? And yep. it, it's, like, it's, like, it's like what Black people say about, about racism in the Republican Party. Not that there isn't a Democratic Party. But one party accepts Nazis, white nationalists, you know, anti-Semitic a-holes. And if you accept them into your party, then you're in agreement with them. Like you can say, we're not like them. Right. They they choose a party that's going to support them. And the party they always choose is the Republican Party. And, and, you know, it's like that date that I had where I asked the person, um, who did you vote for? And he said, Trump. And I said, okay, date's over. Like I left. And the thought of that is because our values don't align. But he also said, how, I said, our values don't align. He's like, what do you mean? I go, well, you're a racist. He's like, how can I be a racist? I, you know, have black friends, you know, the standard response. And I said, you might not think you're racist, but what you do is you support racism. That's right. where the delineation is between our value systems. And I like right. left. I didn't even, I even threw $5 for my drink that was on there. I was like, this is, I, I don't have time for your time for your nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Cause that just means like someone said to me, that means that to, to that person, racism isn't a deal breaker. He's exactly. like, hey, I'm, I'm okay with this because I think I could get a better tax rate. And you know oh. what? So, right. So you're right. So we can't be in the same party because I'm not okay with that. Right. I'm not I'm not okay with, you know, marginalizing women. I'm not okay with a party that says trans people can't exist and need to be, you know, converted out of it. And I'm not, I'm not okay with that. I don't want to I don't want to be in the same party with those people because even if they say, oh, but yeah, but we agree that um, we should have police reform. I'm like, okay, that's nice. But you also believe that you can't say the word gay. So I, I'm, I'm good. We're, we're not we're not the same. Sir, I don't think there's anything, and I could be wrong. You would know way more 
way more well-versed on this, but I don't think there's anything that a Republican party has done for the working class. And so, you know, you hear people will say, I vote for what's my vested interest. I don't know any millionaires. I don't know any, you know, billionaires and shit like that. I don't know the last time something that was done positively for the working class to even be considered voting for a Republican. Right. It just, there, there's nothing in it for you. There's like, nothing there's in nothing. it for you. Like to even no, make that comment. That's right. And our, and our country has two political parties and one attempts and succeeds a lot of the times, not all the time, to help regular folk. So whether it's the highways or funding schools or, you know, distributing money more fairly. And the other says, not only, not only will we try to enrich people who are already wealthy, but we're going to actively try to harm other people. Like, that's the thing. That's, sometimes I vote for something, and maybe it doesn't benefit me, but it prevents harm to somebody else. It, it's that. Like, if, if they're going to be attacking um, women and say women can't get abortions, then I'm not voting for them because they're trying to harm these people. Or if they're going to be attacking uh, immigrants, then I'm not voting for them because they're trying to harm immigrants. And they're going to be attacking you know, black people or um, uh, gay people. I'm not voting for them because they're trying to harm. Trying to harm. Right, so I vote for harm reduction. And sometimes I may not like all the policies, but it's trying not to harm somebody versus someone actively trying to harm somebody. I I don't want to be part of that. I don't want to support that. Wow, we That was a long political discussion we had today. But we did, you know what, it worked out that you did talk about movies because we got it in. <laughs> we got it in. Thank God. And you know, I was thinking today, I think I sent this to you. I, I want to tell you two things that I hate. Um, first of all, I hate streetlights that are not um, censored, meaning it's 430 in the morning and I'm waiting for a light to turn green with no traffic coming because the oh, lights are, they're not censored. That. Oh my God. I hate that. So sometimes I just go through the light, you know, Um and I hate crumbs. I am so sick of fucking eating something. And then you think you're doing a good job, you know, like, oh, okay, I'm nothing's my plate looks good. And you look down at your shirt and there's fucking crumbs. Oh, that that's the worst. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you one thing um, that I hate. And it is, um, uh, so my, my block doesn't have that piece of, strip that has like you know you have your lawn you have the sidewalk you have a little strip of grass and then you have the street yes well my my block doesn't have that we just have lawn and then sidewalk and then street yep so i hate um dog owners whose dogs stop at my lawn to pee oh i hate that i i i I hate that so much because i be thinking my lawn is not your toilet dog. Like, like, and I know, I know dogs just lift their legs and pee. this is what they do. But on the other hand, I choose not to have a dog. Yes. Yeah. Right. And I don't like dog pee. <laughs> dog Especially pee now strong. that you have the artificial turf, like, or the artificial. It, yes. Grass. I have yeah. fake grass. So I was sitting on my porch yesterday and this guy walks by and his dog stops there. And the dog, I'm like, hey, hey, hey. And the dog <laughs> takes a pee. The dog, and so I go, dude, can you have kept walking? 
he just shrugged and kept walking. <laughs> no. I, I, you know what? I swear to God, if I had a super soaker. <laughs> drenched. He would have been drenched. <laughs> right in his ear. <laughs> like, at least when you take your dog out to the, go for a walk, hang out in your front yard for just a few minutes before you start to head out to the neighborhood. I can understand. I respect that. I, yeah. I mean, as a fellow dog owner or previous dog owner, I, yeah, I guess I just let them pee on everything. But, you know, it, usually dogs get it all out in one sitting, like one time, and then they they sometimes mirror the fact that they're peeing or they're just trickling to mark their territory. So, mm. yeah, it's kind of, I, I get it. I, I get where you're coming from. The dog poop, one thing, pees another. But, yeah, yeah. I think, I think uh, next week... We'll get into talking a little bit about, you know, any more TV shows. Watch Shrinking. I, I highly recommend it. Kindred fucking pissed me off because they're not going to be a season two. And there was a goddamn cliffhanger. So are you? Wait a minute. I just finished it today. There's no, there's no season, season two? two? No. Ugh. It's been canceled. And, you know, the... Don't even get me yeah. started. I don't want to end. I don't want to end this. You know, I hate ending yeah. shit on a on a low yeah. note. So I'm not, I'm not yeah. going to end it okay. on a low note. But we'll um, talk about it next week. Yeah. Where can Where can people find you? You can find me at Jen Van Lannen Veg on Instagram. Big button a smile. Like I said, I'm a lurker on TikTok. Big button a smile and um, redheaded vegan on Twitter, which I will not be on much longer. Hopefully, to be on Spoutable tomorrow. Yes. Yes. So find me on. Uh, my Amazon uh, author page, Myron Clifton, um, Spotable, just pretty much all the all the apps. Uh, Myron Clifton, just look me up. I'm on all the apps. Spotable opens up to the public tomorrow. Um, read, buy my books, rate them, and then listen, and then share this podcast. Like we're growing, Jen. I think this is episode what 43? 43? 43. Nice. Okay, we're right there. Um, and then uh, yeah, follow us, share us, comment. Let us know stuff you want us to talk about. And um, if you have if you have a teenager like I do doing homework, don't do it because you already passed that grade. Don't do it. Leave them alone. Just let them do it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. You know, maybe you could ask your teacher girlfriend, but, you know, I'll tell people, oh, yeah, they got C's and B's. What's the big deal? I mean, they still can go to college. Oh, you know, it's so important to have better grades when you go into college. And I, I was thinking. Do you? Because I thought you had to take an SAT and I, right. I don't know anymore. Maybe know. someone can correct me. I, I just think that it's just, it's a scam to me. Homework <laughs> at a fucking at school is a scam. We've already talked about that. So I don't, I hate wanna, it. I don't want to berate it. All okay, right. So, well, just, this, so let's end this and then we'll, okay. we'll make our new greeting right after this. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.